these little decisions either tell a great story or they tell a sad story. They tell a story of character or they tell a story of selfishness. The little decisions do it, not the big ones. The little decisions along the way, those are the ones that that matter. Inside Yoga, place where we go inside. Welcome back to Inside Yoga. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day or even in your day, wherever it is that you may be, whatever it is that you may be doing. I'm happy to be with you. I'm actually incredibly grateful to be with you. Words literally don't do it justice. I can just say thank you. And thanks for giving me life and inspiration and hope. We're talking today about a recap from our Sunday. Our Sundays, we call them Teachers, Teachings, and Friends, TTF. TTF, Teachers, Teachings, and Friends. And we were discussing again the power of making decisions and good decisions and how to do it. And it's just such an important topic because we don't think about our decisions. We don't generally put this in the forefront of our mind. How am I making decisions? And this week, it was there was a snowball effect because I was thinking about this idea of a legacy, this idea of long-lasting decisions, and stuff from my past started to come in. You've all had this happen. You're thinking about something and you see it everywhere. You're thinking about buying a white car and then all you see is white cars. This is just how it goes. So I was thinking about legacy and I got inundated with text messages, with emails, with news articles about a decision that was made that affected a person that's close to me, their legacy. And this was my college coach. Now, many of you know I used to play college sports. I was a college basketball player, and we were a great team. We were number one in the nation. For a a good portion of my first two years, we were number one in the nation. It was a fantastic team and a great group of guys and a great coach and a great staff. It was fantastic. And the head coach, my head coach, recently, as in a few days ago, retired. And I had to listen. Now, mind you, there's not a lot of podcasts going on where I grew up. Now, so that's just the way it is. So I had to listen to a radio interview. <laughs> you know, it's, it's so old school. I had to listen to a radio interview, listening to him be interviewed by the same guys that he's been talking to for the last 40 years. They were interviewing him on what are his feelings. And he kept bringing up this word legacy. You know, I want to I make sure that, that the, my legacy, I want to make sure that the, the program's legacy, he was thinking in terms of, of legacy, And when we think in terms of making decisions with legacy, we have a good chance of making a better decision than when we think of making a decision in the moment. But I want to highlight a very specific thing that I heard in this interview that probably is something that you wrestle with on a regular basis. He was talking about, and now everybody's... I'm congratulating him and also thanking him for the time that he's in. He he was coaching for 34 years. It's a long time. A lot of different people came through the system, a lot of different um, situations he had to face. But he said something that was so interesting. He said that when he got the job at 35 years old, he didn't feel like he was qualified, but he thought, well, let me give 20 good years. And then he gave 20 good years of his life. And then after that, he said, well, 
maybe I got five more. And then he gave five more years. And then after that, he said, well, maybe I'll give a few more. And then he gave a few more years. So what's interesting is we see this decision and we say, oh, he must have been thinking about it this last year or something. But actually the reality is he's been thinking about it since the moment he got the job. He wrestled with it, I'm sure, when he hit that 55 mark and he said, well, things are still going good. My health is still all right. But that private decision that he made, let me go a few more years, that private, that internal decision he made had an effect on other people. For sure, it had an effect on his wife. It had an effect on his own personal health. It had an effect on the program. It had an effect on the community. He was making some private decisions and they were having public consequences in the same way that he made a public decision now. And it has public consequences and private consequences. You see, when we make decisions, we have to know that they're going to have a ripple effect. And when we think in terms of broad terms, meaning legacy, it's going to have a better ripple effect than when we think of just in the moment. And there's many psychologists will back this up because they say that in when you're in the moment, when you make decisions, usually your decisions in the moment are very emotional, right? They're very emotional. They're, they use the term cognitive bias. You make a decision and then you find all the information that supports the decision that you're about to make. They use the term anchoring, I believe. You, you make this decision and then what happens is you just confirm it. Instead of thinking in terms of legacy, well, how is this going to have an impact? And my coach, he made a decision because he felt that the legacy of the program would actually get better. And now he felt really sure that this was going to happen. And he gave the post, he gave the head coaching job to my best friend in college. His name was Josh. Josh had been his assistant for nearly 13 years. So now he felt, okay, well, this legacy is going to move on. And that's a powerful thing to do when we make decisions is to think in terms of broad consequences. And when we can have the ability to step back and do that, it becomes very powerful. And we leave live, we lead lives that are worthy of telling a story. Think about that for a second. Leading a life that's worthy of telling a story. The reason that you lead a life worthy of telling a story is because you make many small decisions. These little decisions either tell a great story or they tell a sad story. They tell a story of character or they tell a story of selfishness. The little decisions do it, not the big ones. The little decisions along the way, those are the ones that, that matter. Because here's the thing, you've had this experience. And you got to know, which story am I trying to tell? Let's just say you go out with a guy. You go out with a guy, he's a jerk, you know it's not going to work out. Or you go out with a girl, she's just not your type, she's just not the thing. But it's convenient, it's nice, you get to sleep over at each other's houses, you get to feel comforted, but you know this isn't going to be the one. But you just stick in it, and you stay there for some time. And a few years go by and you think, what the heck was I doing? I just wasted a few years of my life. You made a bunch of little decisions. Even though you knew the bigger decision, you didn't think in terms of the story of it. You thought in terms of yourself. Or how about this? Your daughter comes to you. She says, hey, I really want to learn how to dance, but you don't have the money for it. So you say, oh, sweetie, you wouldn't really like to dance. Not giving her the chance to dance. You just say you wouldn't like to dance. So she never dances and she grows up. That's a, that's a, 
a decision that you made. She grows up and later on she says, yeah, my mom never brought me to dance class. She just never did that. I always wanted to, but she never did that. And that's the story that she's telling herself now. Or how about you just rewrite that story and you say, hey, honey, listen, I know you want to dance, but we don't have the money to afford those classes, but I'm ready. I am ready to, I'm so ready to do YouTube dance classes with you. I'd love to do, can we just, can we just do this together to start? And then once we get enough money, we can, we can take you to dance classes. And then later on, she says, you know, I never even really liked dancing, but my mom used to do YouTube classes with me. You become part of her story. And that's a great story to tell by your little decision. It's a little decision, but has such a big impact. And because of our attachments, because of our aversions, because of our biases, what do we end up doing? We end up making decisions in the moment that don't produce great stories. They don't produce the thought that's needed to be in alignment with something greater. And that's why the yogis, their advancement, and this is it. This is If you're an advanced yogi, you're always thinking of God. You're never forgetting him. You're always in that consciousness. And if you do that, then your decisions are going to be in alignment with a higher power and they're going to be powerful. There's so many examples. Practically every story that you read in a sacred text is going to be the story of somebody making a really good decision or a really dumb decision, either a very selfish decision or a very selfless decision. And the ones that we tell so many years later are the stories of people who, the, the stories of people who had great character because they made selfish decision after selfless decision again and again and again. And the stories of people who make selfish decisions, they're lost because it's so easy to make a selfish decision. It's so easy to put ourselves always in the center of things. There's a great story in the Bible of Joseph, Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. I'm sure you've heard of that, but Joseph's story was powerful because what does Joseph do? He made a series of incredibly character building in alignment with the will of someone higher decisions again and again and again, even though the external features of his life kept looking like they were collapsing again and again and again. He just kept making powerful decisions. This Joseph, he did it. I'll tell the story briefly. And then I'll tell a story of someone who inspires me, who keeps making great decisions based off of selfishness, based off of character, based off of these little decisions. It's powerful. So Joseph was an incredible person, he was the most beloved son of his father. He was the youngest of all of his father's son. And his brothers were quite jealous of him. His brothers were so jealous of him that they actually wanted to kill him. But one brother said, oh, we should probably shouldn't kill him. Let's just stick him in a well. And so they stuck him in a well. And that brother had some remorse. His name was Reuben. He said, you know, I got to go back and get this, Joseph. But somebody found him, pulled him out of the well, and then they... They basically thought, especially at those times, if you found somebody, you could just buy them and sell them. And so they, they sold them into slavery. Now, here's somebody who's the son of a very wealthy person, Joseph, and he gets sold into slavery. Now, he can, take, he can make a decision. He can say, this is ridiculous. I don't deserve this. Or I'm going to make the best use of a bad bargain. And so he starts doing really well as as a slave. He starts tending the garden. He starts helping around the house. He starts 
So much so that the, that the slave owner says, this guy's golden. I'm so happy to have him. And he gives him run of the house. Now he's a young boy or he's, he's younger. He's in his teens and he's walking around and he's doing such nice stuff that his, that the slave owner's wife starts to look at him with a little bit of cougar eyes. And she's thinking, this guy is, whoa, the pool guy, the pool guy is looking pretty good to me right now. And Joseph sees this in her mind, in her heart, and he's got another decision to make. Should he break the trust of his owner? Should he break the trust of his connection to the divine? Or should he just give in and maybe manipulate the situation how he, how he could want it? Because he could be, he could be really in with the, with the lady of the house. So he makes another decision and he, and he tells her, I really can't do what you want me to do right now because I don't want to break trust, not just with your husband, but also with with my Lord. I just can't do that. So she gets upset. Of course, she feels rejected. The cougar feels rejected, and she makes a funny claim about him, saying that he tried to rape her and all this stuff. And the owner says, this isn't really true. I know this isn't true, but I have to do something because she's my wife. So he says, okay, well, why don't you go to jail? Why don't you go to the prison where we put, you know, all the bad slaves? So he goes to prison. Now, he's made... He's made two decisions to work hard and to to not break trust and he's getting crushed he's, he's, he's now he he goes from the son of a wealthy person to now he's working in a prison in a prison camp for years he's doing this and he works his way up the warden loves him of course because he's such he has such good character the point that two prisoners have these dreams now, he starts to get a little bit mystic, this Joseph. He's got a deep connection, so he's got some mystic abilities for sure. And they have these dreams, and they say, does anybody know what these dreams mean? Joseph comes and he says, yeah, your dream means in three days you're going to get free. Your dream means in three days you're going to get killed. Two, there was two gentlemen there, and so he interprets the dreams. The dreams come true, and Joseph says, but when you tell the warden what they mean, just remember me. Try to get me out of this situation. Well, one gentleman forgets, the guy that doesn't get killed, he forgets, he gets freed, and he goes about his way, and there's Joseph stuck. He's given his best, he continues to give his best, and he's stuck there. So many years go by. Now, the most powerful king in the land, the pharaoh, is there, and he starts to have some disturbing dreams. Well, guess who's in his cabinet? Guess who's around him? That gentleman that Joseph told the dream to. And he says, you know, I met this guy in prison that knew how to interpret dreams. Do you want me to get him for you? Of course, get him. And so he comes and he says, he comes. And so Joseph comes and he goes right before the king. And he bows his head and he says, yes, you had a question. Yeah. What does this dream mean? He says, oh, that dream is very simple to interpret. What it means is you're going to have seven years of great prosperity. And then you're going to have seven years drought. So in this prosperous time, let's make sure we save some grain. The king's never seen somebody so righteous, so together, so much heart, so much conviction, so much character. He says, I want you to be my right-hand man. Now, this is powerful. He's made a bunch of good decisions. And now, now finally, right? Finally, Joseph's getting what he wants, right? And now he's starting, everybody's recognizing for the powerful person he is. That's what we want. When we make a good decision, we want people to say, oh, look at you. You're such a good person. And, but a lot of times it doesn't happen. He was, he was spending years, many, many years 
internally, I'm sure, battling if he made the right decision. But he stayed true to himself. He stayed true to the will of the divine, and he moved forward with that. Now he's the right-hand man in this prosperous kingdom, and they are really prospering until the drought comes. Then everybody goes to see them in Egypt because he's because they are the ones that save the grain. Nobody else knew to save the grain. So everybody's coming to them for grain, including guess who? Well, his brothers, his brothers and father. Now, let me go way back to when they threw him in the well. They threw him in the well and then they made up a story that Joseph died. So the father had no idea who, that, who this was. The brothers hadn't seen him in many, many years. They couldn't even recognize him. So they came before him. And here's the idea. Joseph had every right to do what? He had every single right to make a bad decision. He had every single right to make, well, let's not even say a bad decision. He had every single right to make a decision, something like this. You guys threw me in a well. You can get the heck out of here. But he didn't make that decision because he had practiced making powerful small decisions for so many years. He couldn't possibly do that because he had something deeper flowing through him. He had compassion. He had care. He had that connection flowing through him. So he made a great decision. He made a bold decision. He made a decision that we all talk about to this day. He said, I'll give you the grain. And actually, why don't you move here? I'll take care of you. It made no sense. It made no sense. When people make vindictive or, you know, these are boring decisions. When we get revenge on people, they're boring decisions. They, they don't make headlines. They don't make for a good story. Everybody, anybody can do that. But somebody of great character makes a decision like what Joseph did. And the reason this story was so powerful for me is it reminded me of the journey home by Radhanath Swami, where you see over and over again, here's a person who's just making good decisions, little good decisions again and again and again. Whenever there's a, there's a fork in the road, he says the key words, he says, stop, ask God, what should I do here? And then he gets some guidance and then he makes the right choice. When I read that book, I thought, oh my God, I wish I could be like that. That's just, that's the thing to do. Stop and make good decisions. Because when we think in terms of our legacy, we're going to start to make better decisions. And our legacy grows literally one decision at a time. So what decisions are you making for your legacy? Stop and ask yourself, Is this going to make a good story? And especially before you make any emotional decision, ask yourself, is this story going to put me in a compromising situation? Is this story going to be something I don't want to tell others? When you start to do that, you're going to make better and better decisions. And imagine if we all take the time to rewrite our stories one decision at a time. What a powerful legacy that would be. Think about it, ruminate on it, marinate on it, and I hope you have a beautiful day, no matter what comes your way. Namaste. Namaste.